Today's episode of Game Notes is presented by the Salvation Army. Your donations can help those affected by COVID-19 find help and hope. To give, ask your smart speaker to make a donation to Salvation Army or make your gift at SalvationArmyUSA.org. your Utah Jazz Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. The other voice you hear is the man ducking our producer, Rob Lopez, Mr. Tony Jones. Oh, you're coming in hot. Oh, Stop. yeah. <laughs> you're coming in Tony, I feel hot. like the, the, the longer this goes with this pandemic, and of course, I hope everyone's staying safe. I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you're being responsible during this time. Uh, the longer this goes, I feel like the punchier this podcast is going to get. Well, I mean, we were just talking about we were just talking about the, the the time that we were in the media run up in Salt Lake, and it just got like really chippy between us, and we almost came to blows. And Yo, Quinn I almost, Snyder, I almost, Quinn, <laughs> I almost fought my team. I don't know if well, you were, I don't know if you remember that. I almost fought my team. Your team wasn't very good. Well, my team wasn't good, and I had never played with any of those people. Um, Aaron Falk was the only one I knew on the team, and he I don't think he started the game. And so I was all these like TV dudes, and I didn't know the TV dudes, and so they wouldn't pass me the ball. I didn't get the ball like the first like three or four minutes of that game, and then I and then and then I got subbed out, and I went and I went I went to the sidelines hot because also my team wasn't very good. Like I should have been running that thing. And well, so I came, I came, I came to the sidelines hot, and I'm like MF and this, MF and that. I was like, scream, like get me the, get me the bleeping ball. Like I was mad, and then I came back in, I got the ball, and we did all right. Well, you, you know what, what you needed was the the reputation and the respect that I carried with my teammates, who all got the rebound and all just like stopped and looked for me to give me the basketball. Yeah. Right. No, I just need. I just needed. I needed my teammates to have a basic scouting report because I'm. I'm watching them dribble like up the court like Stanley from the office. I'm like, give me the ball. This is not how we win. Well, they knew you were gonna shoot it from half court, though. Hey, man, it goes in. It goes in. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> well, I'm just. I'm just saying. I can um, look. I'm look, I can saying. be a bit of a hothead on the court, but I, it's just competitive. You know, competition. I'm competitive. I'm watching right Somebody now. Somebody told way, me uh, on my Facebook page yesterday that the last time that they played ball with me, I tried to start a fight. So, therefore, I need this time off to where I'm not playing basketball. <laughs> I'm curious, man, because you – you and today we're going to do grades of, of all the jazz players. But, uh, but you know, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, talk a little bit before that. Uh, Tony, I'm curious because you play all the time. So, what has this been like for you not being able to play? I've been doing cardio kickboxing. Oh, on okay. Uh, you know, what I do is I, I look on YouTube. I see cardio. I see hit. I see kickboxing. Um, and I just do it. And then I go to Liberty Park and then I run. But then the last time I went to Liberty Park, I lost my car key. So. Uh, it cost me three hundred dollars to get a new car. Ooh, that's key. rough. And that was Sunday. 
So, you know, there have been, there've been, there've been things, there've been mishaps, but I've been trying to stay in shape. Yes. Um, that, that kickboxing though, that's a good, that's a good workout. It was, it is a good workout. You're pouring sweat by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to do, I used to do boxing training and, uh, and you know, similar and that's, man, that was, that's the most exhaustive I've ever been out of anything. Like I can play basketball for four hours and I'm not as exhausted as like, like 40 minutes of boxing training. Um, I found out that my, uh, my, my like left hook is just like really trash. <laughs> my, my jab is good. Your jab so is good. Listen, I mean, no one's jabbing in a fight, is... Tony. What are you doing? <laughs> no one's like measuring up like, no, people are swinging haymakers and everything in a fight. No one's, no one's jabbing. Everyone hey, treats listen, it like it's Rocky. Listen, listen. If, if you get into a basketball fight, you got to be built. For, listen, you just got to. You got to sustain the first three hits, and then your <laughs> opponent will get tired. Unless you deal with Serge Ibaka, then you know he's not going to connect on any of them. All right, let's get into the grades today, Tony. We're doing grades for all the jazz players this season. We're going to start from, uh, well, this is, sounds more pejorative than I mean it, but we're going to start from the bottom of the roster and work our way up. Uh, so, Tony, where who should we start with? Which which play, You know what? I'm just going to go with the fewest minutes played this season. That's how we're going to do okay. this. Because I don't want to insult anybody. So we got to go anybody. from the 15th man up. Yes. Justin Wright Foreman played two minutes in one game this year. Okay, I'm giving him a B. A B in those two minutes. I'm giving him a B in those two minutes. But it's, it's so, the, like, the grades are based on what your role is supposed what your role is, where, where you've put yourself in position. So Justin Wright Foreman, was probably not expected to get those two minutes this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he was looked, uh, he's a second round pick out of Hofstra left-handed um, point guard, shooting guard. Um, uh, the, the organization is happy with this season. Um, he became a pretty dynamic scorer uh, for the Salt Lake city stars. He had a solid season. Uh, he's one of, Three or four guys um, that the sum, that summer league is going to be absolutely huge for him if there is a summer league. Yeah, that's tough. Um, so yeah, and you know the guys who there are about three or four guys on the Jazz that really really need summer league to to establish themselves. So that's going to be really tough if there isn't a summer league to be had. Um, but he's a he's a guy who who's the jazz need to learn or trying to develop him as a point guard. He's kind of an undersized score. Um, but he, um, but he had a uh, really good season in, in, in the G league and obviously had this two minutes, uh, in his, in his NBA debut. So, uh, I'm giving him a B. Gotta get him a shot guys. You gotta give him a shot when he comes in for the first time. Um, that's the one thing I would have I would have liked. All right, what about Mie Oni? Played eleven minutes in five games this year. Uh, looks like zero for uh, o for two from the field. I'm probably giving him a C minus. Uh, I didn't say a C minus. I'm probably giving him a C plus. Okay. Um, he is a. I think he's an NBA defender. I think he's an MB he's for sure an NBA athlete. Um, he's got really broad shoulders, um, very good vertically, very good, very good on the ground. 
uh, laterally. Um, he, for him to be an NBA player, he has to become um, a knockdown shooter from the corners. Um, he's got to become a, obviously a 35% three point shooter overall. Um, if he can do that, he can probably carve out a role for five to 10 years in the NBA because he is an NBA defender. If he can't do that, he's going to be out of the league in a year. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a pretty defined, um, threshold for, for me, um, NBA, um, for his NBA ceiling, um, but if he can get that jump shot now, he's another one of the guys in this cluster who, uh, who really needs summer league. I thought he played well in summer league last season. Um, I thought he played relatively well for, for, for the stars this season. Um, he showed enough in summer league that he got a guaranteed contract uh, this year. Um, so he, he's a guy that, that the jazz are, uh, continue or uh, continually are continuing, uh, to be, I want to say excited about, um, but he's got to get his jump shot to a point where it's consistent. Jarrell Brantley, 13 minutes, five games. Um, Jarrell Brantley, I'm going to say, uh, I'd give him a B as well. Um, he is, um, he's the third guy in that cluster of, you know, they need, they need summer league Brantley Oni and Justin Wright Foreman were all second round picks for the jazz last season. Um, you know, they, um, Brantley has some, he has a, a really tantalizing skill set. Um, six foot seven, 240, 250 pounds, you know, full of muscle, um, really very skilled with the ball. Uh, can handle the basketball. Um, you know, he's got to, uh, he, he's got to improve his jump shot as well. Um, but he does things. He, he, he's the one that does things, you know, every game in the stars where you look at him and you say, okay, he has a chance to be uh, an NBA rotation player. Uh, the jazz are, are, you know, the, those three plus Jawan Morgan, uh, the, the, the jazz are really excited about those guys. And out of those four guys, uh, they're, they're hoping that one of those guys really hits, um, and, and becomes uh, a consistent, um, NBA player. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see where, where Justin, uh, I mean, where Brantley goes, um, uh, this summer and, and what his development looks like. Um, but he's another guy that if he can get to that 35, 36, 37, 38, uh, percent from, from three point range, uh, he's got a real chance, uh, to, to, uh, to make an impact, uh, on the roster. Okay. Uh, we, Stanton kid was waived, so we won't do him, but what about Nigel Stanton was waived? Yeah. Nigel Williams Goss. Uh, I'm going to say a C minus. Okay. Um, I'm not sure uh, that he's an NBA player. Um, you know, he. If you're not sure he's an NBA player, man, we got to hammer him more than a C minus. Kid gets a D. So you're going to say a D just because we're not sure he's an NBA player? Hey, man. 
I think relative to expectations, I, I'd say a C minus. But you know, I you know he was given a couple of chances in the preseason, um, and you know I I don't think that he can consistently handle the ball at the NBA level in terms of um, being able to run the offense. And obviously, he's not a shooting guard at the NBA level. Um, you know, I thought that he played well. Uh, well enough uh, at the G League level, um, you know. But he's he's an, he's a guy that you know I think will also be uh, in that summer league group. Um, but he's got things that you know I'm not sure he's going to be able to overcome in terms of you know a lack of athleticism at the NBA level, a lack of speed. Um, he's got the size to be a point guard. Um, but you know, there are just some things that, that are going to be tough for him to overcome. All right. Someone I really like Jawan Morgan. Yeah. The, you know, I'm going to say he's, you know, relative to his expectations. Um, I'm going to say he gets either a B plus or an A minus. Um, he's got a chance to be a rotation player. Uh, the jazz really, really like him. Um, uh, he he's uh, really good defensively. Um, he was he he got to the point where he started getting a few developmental minutes uh, towards the the end of the season. Uh, he can uh, play. He could defend the five, the four, the three. Uh, he can rebound the basketball. Um, he was making, making threes, uh, from the corner. He was one of the best players in the G league this year. Uh, the, the jazz are really, uh, excited for him, uh, and to see, and to see his development. All right. Another guy I really like Rajon Tucker. Rajon Tucker. I'm going to give him a, what are you giving him? I'm giving him an A. You don't know. You're giving him an A. I'm, yeah, man. I'm I'm giving him a B minus. B minus. This kid's uh, a bucket getter. I like him. He is a bucket getter. He is for sure an NBA athlete. Uh, he's another one. His jump shot has got to improve um, for him to stick. Definitely uh, at the end for him to stick at the NBA level, which is why I gave him a B minus. Um, I mean, he's an he's an almost elite athlete. Oh, I mean, he gets to the rack. It's yeah. over. He gets to the rack. He's trying to, and and I love his mentality when he does get to the basket. He's trying to dunk on you, um, but he's there are a couple of things. He's a bucket getter in the G League. He's not going to be a bucket getter in the NBA. That's not what's going to make him stick in the NBA. Um, so he's he's another one. He's got to develop his jump shot. Uh, if he develops his jump shot, he's going to be in a league for for a decade. Um, if he doesn't develop his jump shot, it's going to be it's going to be hard for him to stick. Um, you know, I think he and Oni, uh, and in in a lot of ways, are, are competing with each other. Um, you know, but but I do think um, that he's a guy that's athletic enough. Uh, that you have to keep giving him chances uh, because if if he hits, he's going to hit. Um, you know, and and the, and the Jazz need you know one or more of those guys to hit because because of where they're going to be financially uh, in the next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, 
feel like I know where this one should be, Ed Davis. So Ed's probably Ed's probably gonna get a C minus to a D plus. That's an yeah, F, man. That is an F. I don't think he's an F player, but he uh, he was an F this year, man. He he did not play well. He didn't fit. I think like he should have. That's the thing. He should he should be able to fit with everything they want to do. It just didn't work out. I don't think it means he's bad and he can't play in the NBA anymore. I think it's just a, a situation that doesn't jive. Uh, but man, this dude was this dude lost his job like pretty quickly. Okay, so what did I say? I said a D minus to a C to a C, C plus. Or I'm sorry, C minus D plus to C minus. D plus to a C minus. So I give him a D plus to a C minus because uh, I thought he was a tremendous locker room presence. Um, you know, obviously on the floor he did not fit, and that was evident. He didn't fit. Where he didn't fit is he didn't fit into the offense. Um, he's you know, was totally ill-equipped. Like he's a guy offensively that you know you you just want to um, to to have him crash the boards. Um, but you know, the Jazz in their system, they want their they want their center uh, to catch the basketball, swing it swing it to the to the short corner, make decisions off the pick and roll, and that's just not Ed Davis. So he didn't fit. Um, obviously he lost his job to, 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 uh, as, as, uh, Rudy Gobert's primary backup to, to Tony Bradley. Um, and you know, where I think he became a positive was that he mentored Bradley. Uh, he was really good in the locker room. Um, you know, he told the jazz, Hey, I know this isn't working, but I'm going to be 100% professional about the situation and that for somebody who's in Ed Davis's shoes, somebody who's been in, in the rotation every year of his career, uh, who's probably still in the prime of his career, who could probably still go and help, um, other teams. Um, I thought that that was a, a major positive, um, that, that he became a positive in the locker room off the floor. Okay. Then I changed my mind. F plus. <laughs> He was, he was terrible. He was terrible in his expectations of being like a great pickup for them at a cheap cost. Like, look, it's low risk, low reward, or it's low, it's low risk, you know, medium to high reward. But they got almost no reward out of it, other than the locker room stuff, which is important. So I'll give it an F plus instead of an F. An F plus instead of an F. Yes. I don't even know if an F plus is a real I'm, grade. I'm gonna, give him a give him his D plus, my guy. D plus. You want me to jump a full grade? No, Listen, absolutely room, not. As we have seen, I was willing to entertain a D minus until you asked for a full grade, and now he's getting penalized for your for your insane request. The locker room means a lot. Well, couldn't have been that good of a locker room guy. Look at what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to Tony Bradley. Uh, Tony Bradley gets a, a B. Um, what? You don't I would have said, I would have said an A. You're now, granted, a? my expectations, I didn't think Tony Bradley was much of an NBA player based on what we saw, you know, first couple years. Like I didn't, I just didn't see it. I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was going to stick around. Um, I'm, 
unbelievably impressed by his progress and the way he took advantage of an opportunity to to get in there and, and carve a role for himself. Um, and maybe part of this is just because I was wrong about him. But um, but I look at him as like this dude did everything he was supposed to this season. Like I think that's an A. Okay, you you've convinced me. I'm going to give him a B plus. Um, he, you know, I thought. I thought he was a lot better offensively than I, I, I thought he, he was a lot better offensively than I thought he would be, especially at the end of the season. He developed a floater. Um, he figured out way, he figured out how to score um, at the rotation level in the NBA, which I was not sure um, that was going to happen. Um, I always thought he was an NBA rebounder. He he's, he's a spectacular rebounder um, on both ends of the floor. He runs the floor very, very, very well. Um, he runs the floor as well as any jazz player that I've seen since Trevor Booker. Um, he sprints. Um, he, you know, he puts stress on the defense when he sprints down the floor in transition. Uh, he gets easy buckets for himself in transition because he sprints. Um, that is when it, when the guards pass the ball on. Um, he's terrific offensive rebounder, terrific defensive rebounder. Uh, he became a passable finisher. Um, you know, I thought that he would struggle defensively and he did struggle defensively in, 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 in large part. Um, but I thought he got better, um, defensively. So, you know, I think that he's a guy right now that you can look at and, and you can say, uh, he's, he's probably an NBA rotation player. Uh, and we didn't know, uh, we didn't know that coming into the season. Um, and the jazz didn't know that as well. I mean, it took, it took a really good summer league for him. And what was his third summer league? It took his, a really good summer league for him to convince the jazz to pick up his fourth year option, uh, for next season. Um, and the, the jazz, you know, they, they looked at his progress, uh, from the summer and we're talking about last summer going into this season. Um, and you know, and, and obviously he took advantage, uh, of an opportunity when, uh, when Ed Davis struggled and, and he took ownership of, of the, uh, primary backup, uh, center spot. So, um, I, I'm, I'm going to give him, I'm going to amend my B grade and I'm going to give him B plus. Tony, you undersold Tony Bradley and you oversold Ed Davis. Those are my thoughts on that. Um, all right, let's go to George's Yang. Uh, B plus. All right, I agree with that. Um, terrific shooter. Yeah, he can shoot the lights out. Uh, just shoot the shoots the crap out of that thing. Um, and he's he he shoots it well from the corners. the The thing about his shooting this year is that it became versatile. So, and this is what I mean. He shoots it well from the corners. He shoots it well above the break. Um, he's gotten to the point where the Jazz can run pin down screens for him. Uh, he shoots it well in transition. Uh, he shoots it well off the catch and shoot. Um, you know, he 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 just really fit into the Jazz system because he became a guy. He became a gravity guy. Uh, team started. Um, you know, teams started becoming aware. Um, teams started becoming aware of where he was on the floor whenever he comes into the game. 
uh, that and that presence opened up driving lanes uh, for other guys. Um, you know, he still has a ways to go defensively. Uh, you know, he still has to do some other stuff. Um, but one of the reasons why the Jazz got rid of Jeff Green was because uh, George Yang was playing well enough um, that, you know, the Jazz had to try to find minute, more minutes for him um, in the rotation. And he, he became, in a lot of ways, uh, he, be, he became a guy who you can argue uh, was their best volume shooter on the team this year. Yeah, I just I, what I'd like to see out of him in the future is being able to unlock some playmaking, um, just to kind of round out his game a little bit more because he's going to get guys running hard at him on the three point line um, as his reputation kind of solidifies there. Uh, but he is just a he's a phenomenal shooter. It's like seventy percent of his shots are three pointers. Like he hits a good percentage of. Like I I'm just very impressed by him. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't play outside of his role. Uh, which is something that impresses me as well. Um, when he comes into the game, when he comes into the game, he knows where his shots are going to come from. The one thing about him is he's fearless. Like the shots are going up regardless. Um, and, you know, I think that that helps with gravity. Um, you know, teams know that you, you can shoot. And teams know that you're not afraid to shoot and that, you know, those those shots are going up. Uh, it, it helps. It helps. Gra- it helps. It helps with spacing a lot. All right. Jeff Green was waived. So we'll go to Emmanuel Moutier. Emmanuel Moutier this season, Tony. I'm going to give him an A minus relative to his expectations. Um, I thought he had a I thought he bought into the jazz system. Um I thought he had, uh, he became a, a really, he was really, he added something. Like he added the the ability to, he gave the Jazz a point guard that could get to the rim consistently. Um, I, I thought he, he tried defensively, um, which was big because I, you know, that to me, I thought that that was the first time this in his career that he tried defensively. Um, you know, he played like a guy who knew that if he failed at this stop, uh, he might not get another NBA contract. Um, and I think that he did everything, uh, right off the floor. Um, I think he did most of the things right on the floor. Um, obviously I, I still think he has a long way to go in his decision-making. Um, but you know, his three ball improved this year. Um, he, he was, uh, one of the better players on the jazz for mid range this season. Um, I thought he had a terrific season, uh, relative to his expectations. Yeah. I've never been a, a big Moody guy. Um, even in his resurrection with the Knicks, like I, I just was very skeptical, but I'm starting to buy in more. Like I, I, I was really impressed by him this year. He was in a little bit of a battle uh, for some minutes and roll at various points in the season. And he's just responded well. He shot well. Um, I just think he's been, he's been pretty impressive as a, as what you would want out of a backup point guard. Yeah. I think he's put himself in position 
And so I don't think he's going to be with the Jazz next year because the Jazz don't have bird rights. Right. So there's only so much that that they can pay him. Uh, and I think that you know a team's going to offer him four or five million dollars a year. Well, we well, well I don't I don't know what the salary cap's going to look like. So maybe all that gets that, screwed that, up in the Jazz' favor. You true. know, yeah. That part that part is true. And if that doesn't happen, the Jazz could catch a break. Yeah. And bring him back. Yeah, for sure. Um. um because I thought he, I thought you know, like like I said, relative, and I, I was just like you. I, I wasn't a Moody guy, and I'm a Knicks fan. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so, I think that we kind of talked no. about that before the season of just like I don't know about right. this guy, right? Right. And and he he really responded, and I thought he I thought he had a terrific season, uh, relative to to where he had been in previous seasons. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I know the grade you're going to give this next guy because you put him on. You're all 20 to 30 year team as the six man, but Jordan Clarkson. Giving him an A, baby. Let's go. Why why am I why am I hearing crickets? It's I'm still mad you drafted him as your six man after 34 games. Because he gets buckets. Of, of all the guys you could have picked over the last 20 years, Who I'm sorry. As my 30 six years. Man? You took him over Joe Ingles. Joe doesn't get buckets. Joe's a blender. I needed somebody that was going to get buckets. Because your team couldn't score? Because my team was averaging 85 points a game. Because your, te- your team was a uh, was basically turned into, you know what? Maybe Rudy Gobert can post up. <laughs> Rudy needs touches on this team. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson is going to get him? Okay. So... <laughs> Jordan Clarkson cleaned up his shot selection. He cleaned up his shot profile. Mm-hmm. He now takes threes and layups. Mm-hmm. He averages 15.6 points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shot in the upper 30s from three-point range. And he was a game changer for the Jazz second unit. Okay. Um, and the Jazz gave up Dante Exum. Uh, and a second round pick in order to get him. Uh, and Jordan Clarkson came in and he was terrific offensively. Um, much like the rest of the roster, uh, he was only so so defensively, um, but offensively, he was terrific. Um, and to me, I Did, thought he was one of the better six men in the league. Yeah, well, not only that, but I mean. The greatest six man the Jazz have ever had. He was the one that got buckets. He fit on my roster. It's all about fit, right? It's all about roster fit, Zach. Uh-huh. You know this. Yeah, sure. Sure. All right. Um, all right, let's get away from Hall, Hall of Famer Jordan wait, Clarkson. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. We need to circle back on this. What do you oh, give? What do you give Jordan Clarkson? What do I give him? Um, yes. What do you, yeah, like a, I would say like a BB plus. He fills the role they need him. Um, I'd like him to be a little bit better of a three-point shooter. I've never really believed in that part of his game. Uh, and he's just, a, I think he's a horrendous defensive option. Um, I think the Jazz tried but to cover that was, for him. I mean, that was that was everybody on the roster outside of Rudy Gobert. I mean, whatever. It's still, outside of Rudy it's still, Gobert. He's still a horrendous defensive player. So, and he's not much, of a, not much of a ball mover, but I know that's not really his role. Um, and he, he's won him a couple games. Like, he's been fantastic. Like, he's, yeah, I think he's like a, like a BB plus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Uh, ooh, this one probably won't go well. And do not factor in the horse competition. Mike Conley. Uh, Mike Conley gets a C. Who? What does he get from you? Uh, it's tough because I do feel like there was too much focus on what he did in terms of shot making, especially early on. He battled some injuries, uh, which I don't put as his fault, right? Um, and I do think his presence, I think while he wasn't hitting shots, defenses still respected him. Right. And I think that helped open some things up. And I think he made good passes. I think he had good chemistry with the bigs. I think he um, I think he played, you know, pretty solid defense until he got hurt. So I'd probably go. But at the same time, his expectations were much higher. His expectations were to help unlock this into a team that could be a dark horse for the finals, which I do think was a little highly optimistic, but still like this could be a conference finals run for for him and the jazz. So I think I got to go no higher than a C minus, probably more realistically a D plus. But again, there's some, some factors that just were outside of his control. I'm going to give him a C. I thought he was better than his, his numbers suggested. Um, I thought it was, um, uh, a, a gigantic challenge in, in fitting into his role. Uh, this season uh, because it was so drastically different than any role that he had played at any point in his NBA career. The injury did not help him. Um, and I think that his grade improved because I thought that he, once he became more comfortable and started understanding a few things, uh, he played really well towards the end of the season. Um, I thought, um, there were things, even when, you know, he was struggling with his shooting, I thought that there were things that he did out on the floor that were really subtle, uh, that never showed up, that never show up in the box score that really helped this team. Um, I thought he still helped the team with his spacing. Um, and, but once he figured out where his shots were going to come from, once he figured out, you know, where his pick and roll opportunities were going to come from, um, I thought he got better. Um, I thought here's the thing, right? You know, Donovan Mitchell was not going to sacrifice touches or shots for anybody. Um, and you know, probably nor should he, um, you know, so, you know, Mitchell was a guy that, that, you know, he was your first option. And, you know, he wasn't going to adjust it to, to other guys. Other guys were going to have to adjust to him. And that meant Mike Conley. Um, you know, so I thought that there was that that was a huge adjustment for Mike. Um, you know, and I think that uh, Mike ended up making that adjustment uh, in large part uh, towards February and, and, and early March. And I thought he got better, which is why I think that his grade got better got a little got a little higher yeah that's fair and I, and again like i do think there was just too much focus on him missing shots yeah because he was doing other things yeah you know he was setting you know his playmaking was fine his defense was fine his shot making was just was just off this year um i happen to think that that Conley's going to have a really good year next year because I think he's going to be a lot more comfortable and he's going to he's going to know what what to expect. Also, Tony, contract year. Don't don't uh, don't discount that. 
contract, you can year, do it, man. Contract years can never be discounted. Yeah. All right. Royce O'Neal. I feel like I know where this one should be. Uh, do you want to hear my grade first or you yeah. want to give you a grade? No, you go ahead. Um, I'm going to give him a B plus. Wow. What's your grade? A plus. You're giving him an A plus. He's been one of the best wing defenders in the league. Um, he is a, he's still a knockdown three point shooter. Um, yeah, there's some things he doesn't really do all that, all that great. But I think for the most part with his role, what they want him to do, um, with the, with the contract extension that he earned and everything, like, I don't know what else you could ask him to do. Uh, he was one of the best and most versatile defenders in the league. Gotta put him versatile. Yeah. Guarded, he, he's, he guarded. he's what we pretended Jay Crowder was for years. <laughs> That was an unneeded shot. No, Jay Crowder can't he, shoot, man. He had one good season of shooting. And then we were like, hey, this is the best contract, 3 and D, blah, 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 except there's no three. I'm going to amend my grade. I'm going to go A-. minus. Yeah, um, the, the reason why I'm going to go A-, minus, I thought his defense waned a tiny bit at the end of the, towards the end of the season. Um, but um, this is a guy – who guarded Giannis well in, in, in Utah's home win over Milwaukee. Uh, he guarded the heck out of Kawhi Leonard um, in, their, in their matchups against the Clippers uh, this season. Like, he legitimately made life tough for him. Uh, he, you know, he guarded point guards. Uh, he, he took on every elite challenge. Uh, you know, he guarded the heck out of Ben Simmons. Uh, he's just a guy to me, he's Utah's toughest player. Um, he's, he was their best perimeter defender, um, by leaps and leaps and leaps and bounds. Um, um, the jazz got him in my opinion, they got him, uh, on a, on a pretty team friendly deal, uh, pretty team friendly contract extension. Um, you know, and and he was a terrific shooter, and he did it with some volume this year. Uh, I think that his um, challenge going forward is to continue to be uh, continue to be terrific defensively, and um, continue uh, to um, be really good shooting the basketball at volume. Um, the one one of the reasons why I knocked down his grade a tiny bit was because even with his three point shooting, uh, he wasn't a gravity guy. Teams were still okay. Teams were still like, okay, we're going to sacrifice something to the Jazz offensively, and what we're going to sacrifice, um, what we're going to sacrifice is is Royce O'Neal taking open shots. So Royce has to hit enough of these shots to where teams cannot leave him open uh, like, you know, it, like they have been. And he still hits enough of them, and he still hits a lot of them, but he still hasn't drawn gravity. And that's his next – that's the next step of his evolution as a player. Uh, so that's why I would go from an A-plus to an A-minus to him. Him. See, I guess I put that on the uh, defense and and the rest of the uh, weapons that the Jazz have. I don't put that on Royce so much because I mean, he, like he hit thirty nine percent, like uh, on, yeah. a, on a pretty good volume, right? Like I see your point, yeah. but I don't know that that's 
I don't know that that's on him yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I do think that there is a component in that, like, okay, okay. If we have to deal with Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich, okay. You know, we're going to load up on those guys and Joe Ingles. We're going to load up on those guys. And if Royce beats us, Royce beats us. Yeah. I just think those are much um, more established options. And so Royce ends up yeah. getting, well, I guess I was going to say the, you know, the, the short straw there, but actually it ends up benefiting him a lot. Right. Right. Agree. So if he, if he gets to like 44%, they can't do it. Yeah. They, they can't, can't do that. Tomorrow. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's go to Joe Ingles. Where, what's your grade for him? Um, I'm going to go a B to a B plus. Um, you got to pick one, Tony. Uh, I'm going to go B. Um, I think he struggled coming off the bench. Um, because he didn't have a pick and roll option coming off the bench. Um, especially early in the season. Uh, I think later in the season, once Tony Bradley established himself, I think uh, things got better uh, for for Joe. I think he was terrific in the starting line. I thought he was really, really good in the starting lineup because obviously he had, you know, he had Rudy Gobert uh, in the starting lineup um, to to run pick and roll with. Um, you know, uh, his playmaking was as good as that. He's best. He's Utah's best pick and roll player. Um, and that, that was even with Mike Conley on the roster. So, you know, that's, that's how good he was off the pick and roll, uh, makes the right decisions every time thought his defense slipped this year. Uh, I don't think he was as good defensively as he had been in the past. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, um, you know, obviously, you know, he's terrific shooter, um, you know, really versatile option, really versatile guy. Um, so I think he had a solid year. Um, I, I think it could have been better if he was better defensively. And I think he's another one. He's another one that, that kind of, you know, um, I don't want to say struggled in finding a, a role on this specific team. Um, but it was, there was some adjustments for him to be made for him to be made as well. Yeah, it's just the the I get why he struggled coming off the bench. I get why he struggled in that role. I just still at the same time, like this sounds a little hypocritical. I understand why it happened. I just don't think it should have happened. Right? Like I think he's too good at this point. This isn't the Joe Ingles who just got cut by the Clippers and the Jazz pickup and everything. Like Joe Ingles is established at this at this point. And it's easy for me to say, like, oh, you should still be as good. I I get why that's a a tough thing for certain guys, especially when he doesn't have the pick and roll big out there as much. But the shooting was weird to me, right? Like he's 10% worse from three point range as a reserve than he is as a starter. And that yeah. I'm like, that's the basics, like whether he can play make or not. And granted this, a lot of this stuff is connected, right. Um, with finding a rhythm for the game. But I just think he's such a, an outstanding shooter. It doesn't matter what his role is. It should never drop down to 33.9% from three. And so like that, yeah. plus the defensive stuff that you mentioned, I can deal with the, you know, the playmaking not be consistent because I do think, you know, part of that is who's on the floor with you. Um, but the shooting, the defense, I was just puzzled by. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it was just, you know, because when he was playing with the second unit last year, he's playing with Derek Favors. Yeah. So yeah. like none of that stuff mattered. Like, 
Derek would come out, he'd set the screen, and, you know, it was pick and pop all day. And Derek was hitting 12 to 15 foot floaters, or Joe was taking it all the way to the rim. I mean, there was just a certain comfortability uh, that Joe had had in, you know, two to his last three years that just was not there this year. Um, and, you know, the, his uh, the, the only comfort level and a lot, and a lot of, in a, in a large part for him was um, when he had Rudy Gobert in a lineup with him. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Quinn started, you know, tinkering with his lineup and, okay, we're going to have, we're going to bring Joe off the bench, but we're going to bring him off the bench with eight minutes left in the first quarter. So he can play five minutes with Rudy Gobert, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, it was an adjustment period. Um, but I still think that he deserves a high grade because like I said, he was, he was Utah's best pick and roll player. Uh, and when, when, uh, when the jazz got him in the pick and roll, uh, by and large, they got a good shot out of that possession. All right, Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, he gets an A for me. Yeah, uh, yeah that's. I mean, that's an easy. Like, he, that, that's he, an he easy twenty one. game with a sixty percent true shooting percentage. Like that dude yeah. could just flat out ball. Um. So I went to I I I, I talked to him in the locker room after a game, a couple like oh, about a week before, um, you know, this whole thing went down and the league got shut down and I just looked at him and he looked at me and he said, Tony, what, what, what's the problem? You got a question? You need me? And I just said to him, I said, you're like a Terminator out there. Like I, I said, motherfucker, you could just shoot the basketball. And he just started laughing um, because he knew what I meant. Like it was just, yeah. you know, it didn't matter. Like home road, if a, uh, hand in his face, not in his face. Like it just doesn't matter. Face, like he doesn't. You know, he's he's one of those guys. Like I used to argue with. Um, this was back when the Warriors burned down the Denver Nuggets franchise in 2013. You remember that series? Warriors come out, yeah. you know, three seed. It's like the 54, 57 win Nuggets or whatever. And during that series, Matt Moore and I were just arguing the whole time. He's like, oh, the Warriors are just hitting lucky shots, lucky shots. You know, they're contested. They're contested. They're just hitting contested shots. And I, I was trying to explain. I was like, look, I know how I feel as a shooter, right? Like, if I don't feel like you're going to block my shot, it doesn't really matter where you are with me. I'm not right. I'm not that bothered by it. That's me. Now imagine being Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, right? Like those dudes, like right. if you're not blocking their shot, I don't think they even know you're there. I really don't. Like I I and so like, yes, technically for most shooters, those those were contested looks, but for those guys, they're not contested looks. I just don't believe that that's that's what it was. And so I think Boyan Bogdanovich is one of those guys where like if you're not gonna block a shot, I don't think he I don't think he even knows you're there. So there, there, there are a couple of things in context um, that tells you what kind of year um, Bogdanovich had. Um, when he signed, when the Jazz signed him, obviously everybody was excited, right? Um, but then, you know, it comes out, okay, he signed for four years, $73 million, And, you know, a lot of people are like, ooh, that's, you know, that's kind of a lot. And now, looking back in hindsight, that looks like a bargain, correct? 
four years, seventy three million. Oh yeah, oh, I mean, if he's doing th- if he plays this way over those four right. years, that's yeah, he's, that's absolutely he's like that's out- a hundred million dollar player. Right. So he's outplayed the contract in his first year. When when he first signed the contract, you know, it was thought in some circles to be a steep contract. Yeah, I even I mean, um, I'll admit, I even thought I was like, oh, I love the signing. I love the fit. That seems like a little bit too much money to me, but we'll see. Yeah. And the second thing is um, the media, the jazz traveling media, by the end of the season, we were just like, OK, um, Boyan, don't ever put the ball on the floor. Just shoot it. Like wherever you are, just shoot the basketball because if you shoot it, it's probably going in. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're just like because when Boyan Bogdanovich put the ball on the floor, if he handled, if he did pick and roll, that was his biggest weakness this year, turning the ball over on pick and roll. And so we were just at the point where you know, yeah, don't worry about the pick and roll, just shoot the basketball because when he shot it, it went in. Um, he had uh, to more context to, to Bogdanovich's season. He had the Jazz's two biggest shots of the year: the game winner against Milwaukee at home, and the 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 game winner against Houston uh, on the road. Um, and you know he was just a guy like he was just a terminator. Like he never talked, never showed any emotion. Um, and he just went out and just gave you buckets every single night. Yeah, I just I, it was interesting because when when Oladipo went down for Indiana last year, um, Bogdanovich picked up the slack and he became a you know twenty point per game scorer and um, and his shooting percentage just didn't really drop at all and everything. And that like I would, I'd always been like, yeah, he's good, like he's good for his role. I just didn't know his role could be expanded in that way. I never saw that coming for him, right? So I was trying to figure out. Is that fluky or not? And then when he signed with the Jazz, I was I was trying to figure out. I was like, is that role even going to be there for him? Because they right. you know, traded for Conley, Donovan's emerging. They still have Rudy. They still have Joe. Right. So I knew he was going to be used. I just didn't know he was going to be used in that way. And then I want to say after like two weeks, I was like, oh my god, what a, what a steal this contract is. Like he's he's absolutely an A. Right. No, he's he is absolutely an A. I think I think. Um, I think he was the easiest one for us to grade, right? Like, oh, yeah. Super was, easy. Yeah. yeah, that was super easy. Um, okay. I'm going to save the other guy for last. Let's go to Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's hard for me. Um, Donovan's hard for me. I, I, I want to give him, like, I think, um, I think his play on the floor was was B plus A minus ish. Um, you know, I think he was. I think he, you know, I think that you know there was some. Obviously, there's some still some criticism um, over his shot selection, uh, his shot profile. Yeah. But to me, you know, he's one of the dynamic young scorers in the game. Uh, average twenty four a night. Um, I think he rounded out his game with around four assists, uh, four rebounds a night. Um, you know, I think he became one of the, the better mid-range shooters in the, in the league. Uh, I think he found different ways to score. Um, you know, I, I think he, I think he was better defensively. 
I don't think he was great defensively. I think he was, but I do think he was better defensively. He had an all-star year. Um, you know, but th- there are, there are improvements that he needs to make in this game. Uh, his playmaking still isn't there. I still think that, um, long-term, I think his NBA position has to be a point guard. Um, to, yeah. um, so I think that that transition, uh, has to be made. Um, it won't be made next year because Mike Conley will still be on the roster, but I think, um, once, you know, Mike Conley's no longer on the roster. I think you're going to see Donovan Mitchell as the full-time point guard on this team. Um, and I think he's got to realize, um, that, you know, he's a franchise piece and he's a guy that the jazz, um, are, are, are hitching their wagons to. Um, and I think that, um, I think that he's got to develop, um, more, uh, in that, in that manner. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think that the more that he develops, uh, play playmaking and making the right basketball plays, uh, I think the better off he'll be. Yeah. I mean, I, this is where I am with him. I'm going to give him an a minus, uh, we were we we're trying to figure out a few weeks ago, right, if he's going to make all NBA. Right. And, and it's a legitimate question. And I think because like, look, I, I don't I don't love I don't love this this way of judging things of like we're like, well, he's only 23 years old. He's only in his third year. Right. Because like you you either play or you, you can either play or you can't. Right. I do think that matters a little bit in terms of trying to figure out what a guy can be. But figuring out what a guy is right now, like this dude is it's no one's giving him, you know, a cushion you know the jazz don't get to start out five points ahead at the the tip of a game because you know he's only in his third year right like he like he either has to produce or he had or he can't produce with the role he's in um you know he's cut down on his turnover rate every year of you know all three years of his career while being a a usage of 31 percent for the second straight year he can score i think he's a playmaker like i'm with you on um on his ability, like as a point guard versus being a, you know, a two guard, I think he has to be a lead guard, but this guy, like this guy was arguably the best player on one of the best teams in the West and one of the best teams in the league. And yeah, he has things he has to improve on, but I'm like, just looking at his season in a vacuum. That's a damn good season. Yeah. When you're 24, four and four, (laughs) That, I mean, that's that, those are that, those are and that's his, pretty and it, good. Look, like I would like his his true shooting to be to be better than fifty six percent, but still, it's a it's an improvement from the first two years. He's he's been a you know a stable three point shooter the last two years, a little above league average. He improved his free throw percentage. Um, he shot over fifty percent on two pointers. Right. Like I just I look at what he's doing and I and we can get caught up in like the Yeah, but he needs to do better at the end of the games with this. Yeah, but he needs to play defense better. And that's all true. But I think focusing on the positives, like he's had a phenomenal season. So I agree with every bit of that. Right. And um, I think that he's developed into a star, somebody that we can say is a star. Yeah, absolutely. The Jazz need him whether this is fair or unfair, the jazz need him to get either at or close to the level that Damian Lillard is currently at. Would you Um, agree with that? Yeah, I think that, I think that's a great way of putting it. 
I hadn't considered that, but now that you say that, like, I think that's I. And look, that's that's a lofty ass expectation, right? <laughs> like that's that's, right. a, that's an incredible like, player. Like you, you, and I think if you came like out there and you said, look "Hey, at Dame this year," you look at Dame this year, and you're like, "Okay, like he's absolutely incredible because he's by any he's a top ten guy." And and what did like as good as Donovan Mitchell was this year, the Jazz need him to be at that level. F- for them to get to where they need to be or where they want to go. Yeah. Like the jazz want to be a championship contender for the jazz to be a championship contender. You know, they need Donovan Mitchell to get to that level. And and what's kind of funny about that is like, if you like it, look, if you, this isn't a fair way of putting it because he's been in the league a lot longer than Donovan. And he's, and he's just flat out a better player. But like, if you swap them spots right now, right. Like that Portland team is nowhere near the playoffs this year. That's how good Dame has right. been. Um, right. And, and you know, and that's not a knock on Donovan. Dame's just that good. And I think if you went out there and told, you know, NBA fans like Donovan Mitchell needs to become as good as Damian Lillard, they'd kind of laugh at that because, like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But I do think it's it's realistic enough by the time Donovan hits his peak that that that's a good expectation to – that's a good goal to set for him of like, look, you got to be as good as that dude. And if you right. can't do that, like I don't know that we can maximize our potential as a team, um, right? Like I, I think that's a that's a really smart way of putting it, and uh, and I do. I also think like we start looking at what Donovan can be or should be down the road, and you judge him for this season based on that. And I just don't think that's a good way of looking at this stuff. Well, I, I think there's a number. So we're, we're all set that we're going to give him an A minus, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And so I think so, you can be aware of what he needs to work on and, right. and become. But if we're like, if we're just right. talking the context of what he is this season, it, it has nothing to do with what but he if, needs if to be. If you look at the context, of, if you look at it the context this way, um, yeah, we know what we need. We know what the Jazz need him to be. But what we also know is that he's improved all three seasons of his career. Yeah, he, absolutely. He improved from his rookie season to year two. He improved from year two to year three. Um, I, I, I do want to see how he reacts um, to uh, to the off-the-court stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, hey, Tony, I want to see yeah. how, he, how he reacts to the expectations and the target that will be put on his back for now being an all-star. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. All of that is agreed and all of that is fair. Um, you know, and, you know, like I said, this is, you know, personally for him, um, this whole thing, the, the, the entire month, I don't want to talk too much about too much about that. Cause we've talked about it enough, Yeah. but this is, this is his first real challenge. Like this is his first real step of adversity, um, publicly. Um, how does he respond? How does he come back? You know, what, what improvements does he make to his game? Can he make any improvements to his game if because of the coronavirus we don't have a, 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 a we don't have a rest of the season uh, and because of the coronavirus um, guys can't get into the gym? You know, right. how does he, you know, j- just how does he respond to all of this? This is going to be, this is a real challenge uh, for him and it's, it's going to be a real challenge for him Um to, for him going forward, especially because next year when he comes back, 
he's likely going to come back with a contract extension. Yep. Uh, and that's, that's going to be long term. <laughs> that's going to be a max and deal. It's going to be a max contract. You know, so, you know, all of a sudden, you know, 24, 4, and 4 on a rookie deal looks different when you're 24, 4, and 4 and you're getting paid $30 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to delve too much. Like we have talked about the coronavirus stuff and the shakeup of that. I don't want to make, uh, I don't want to make people sick of, uh, you know, with us t- discussing again. Speaking of making people sick, let's grade Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I hate you. What? What happened? What happened? <laughs> Nothing happened. What Dad. happened? Just being you. Okay, this this is just... why. This is why when 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 everybody was like Tony, we're doing a podcast. Who do you want? Is is your co-host? I want Zach. Look, I was at Harper. Best transitions in the business. I'll, I'll I'll pump myself up on that one. All right, so we're going Rudy Gobert. This is the toughest. This, this is, is a this, man. This, this is a legitimately hard one. This is hard. Um, because there's so much. Like I I don't even think like, there's so let, much even, to deal with. Let's do it. Like I don't even want to include the coronavirus stuff, right? I don't want to include. All right, so so even just corona- even judging him based on like with that that caveat is still incredibly it's, difficult. Okay. Even without the coronavirus, right? Can yeah. you get more than a B? I don't think so. I think he's in the C in the C C plus range for me. Um, I thought he was fantastic early on the season. I agree that he was an all-star. Um, he was a defensive player, you know, defensive player of the year candidate. Once again, I don't think he was going to win it. Um, even before the slippage, but the last month before that, before everything, you know, blew up, uh, in terms of the coronavirus, the last month I was beyond disappointed in how he conducted himself on and off the court. And it doesn't mean he was, when, it doesn't mean he was, look at, it doesn't mean he was look, bad or anything. Right. It's just like I, his expectation at that point, you're too far, you're too far elite in this league to, to be the way he was. Um, I mean, if we're keeping it real with Rudy, he took possessions off this year. Yeah. Defensively. And this team needed him to be engaged 1000% defensively. The jazz willingly took a step back defensively because they thought that Rudy Gobert would fill in the gaps. Yeah. And, and Rudy Gobert was like, okay, I'm not getting the basketball, so I'm not going to fill in the gaps. Tony, we, Tony, we talked about that, like, and I, I said he had, he needed to grow up. Like, he acted like a baby. Like he acted that like was, he acted like a, tan- like a tantrum throwing a, a temper tantrum throwing child. And that that was that was disappointing. And and I'm not going to sit here and say that Rudy didn't have reason to be upset. Like there were times that the guard missed him. the guards missed Absolutely. him on the pick and roll. Absolutely, he had valid complaints. Other than like wanting, like yes. if he wanted to be posted up, like I think you're an idiot. Like that's a terrible idea. But to get the ball more, a hundred percent. He's a great option in the pick and roll. He's a great option for finishing. He should have gotten the ball uh, more in those situations. But when they miss him or they don't throw it to him at all. Um, Yo, man, go play ball. Go, go, do your job, and hope that they get you on the next one. Right. There were there were times where Rudy played like a guy who was like, 
I'm just going to do what I do because what are they going to do? Pull me for Tony Bradley. Right. And you just can't, you just had to be better. He just had to, he needed to be better than that. The jazz look at him as a top 15 player, uh, all NBA talent, all star talent. Um, and he proved to be very mercurial this season. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope that going forward, um, that Rudy learns from this season and that, um, and, 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 you know, that he takes some stuff from this season, um, especially, you know, now that there was no basketball for him, um, you know, and I, and I, and I think that, and I hope that he grows from, from some of the stuff that happened this season. And I'm not even, I'm not talking about the coronavirus. No, no, we're talking about stuff way related before to that. Yeah. That's a whole other issue. And, you know, and I, I, I just think, you know, going out and being a leader and playing hard every single possession and doing what you do, um, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. And, you know, there were times that his teammates needed him to be there, uh, to be the anchor uh, of that defense, and he was not there. And because of that, uh, would you be surprised if the Jazz on – let's just say July 1st for, for argument's sake, yeah. we don't know when free agency is going to start, but would you be surprised if the jazz on July 1st, um, you know, midnight July 1st, we're on Derek favors phone and saying, Hey, here's four and 40. <laughs> I mean, no, I wouldn't honestly or, on, on, on the first day of saw on the first day of, of uh, free agency or whenever stuff opens up, it wouldn't shock me if he was traded. Right. Like it doesn't it, I don't expect it, but it wouldn't shock me at this point. And it's because um, his job is to be a leader. Right. His job is to be a leader on this team. And what he did was not leadership. It was the opposite of it. And to me, look, I don't think this makes him a bad guy. I don't think this means he's a lost cause. I don't think it means it's it's unsalvageable. I think everything you said about that situation after the reporting you guys did on that story, I think it's all true. I think it's entirely salvageable. But if I'm in the front office, that's not the guy I thought I had. And so now my question is, can he return to being the leader we we saw him to be the previous years? Was this just a bad hiccup, you know, for him and he gets back and it's a nice learning experience and he learns from it and he gets back on track and he's the guy that you knew him to be before? Or now that he has some status as a two-time defensive player of the year and an all-star and everything, now is he the type of guy who who is going to pout constantly if he doesn't get more, more, more? Um, because if it's the second one, I don't want that guy as good as he is. I don't want that guy. That is a toxic locker room presence from any player acting like that. I'm not saying just Rudy, like any player. And you don't want that guy. Um, if he's the guy that we knew the years before, yo, give me that guy every day of the week. So his biggest strength was his biggest weakness turned out to be his biggest weakness. His biggest strength is Rudy's biggest strength as a player. Um, um, to get to the point where he was at was the incredible chip on his shoulder and not being, never being satisfied, never being his success, never being enough. Yeah. That was his biggest strength as a player. 
because it got him to a point where he was an all NBA guy, where he was one of the top three centers in the league, where he was the best defender in the league, where he was flat out dominating games uh, without like Rudy was one of one is one of the few players in the league who can dominate a game without scoring the basketball. Yeah. He doesn't have a point. Like he can go out there and score zero points and he can dominate a basketball game. There are very few players in the league that can do that. Um, and, but his biggest weakness this year proved, proved to be that it was never enough. None of that was ever enough because Rudy, Rudy came into this season and said, okay, what else can I do? Oh, guess what? You know what? Now you guys are going to give me the basketball. Right. Well, and And here's the thing, Tony, that, that strength that you're talking about, like that chip on a shoulder, that's something you take out on opponents. And it's not something you take out on your teammates. Right. And again, it might just be a bad month. It might be a bad month and a small blip on his career. And it ends up being something that, that he turned into something being completely overblown. But as of right now, that's a question. Yeah. You know, so the Jazz is going to have to sit down with him. And they're going to have to look him in the eye. And he's going to have to look those guys in the eye. And he's going to have to. Because, I mean, this this story doesn't end, right? Right. No. Because. No, it's just started. (laughs) It's it's just starting. Okay. So here are questions going forward. Okay. Rudy Gobert is a 2021 unrestricted free agent. He is eligible for the Supermax. Dude, <laughs> I'm not giving that dude to Supermax. He is eligible to gain to to garner 35 percent of the salary cap. Yeah. Okay. So, if the Jazz go to him and say, "Guess what? You know, Rudy, we really love you, um, and we're going to give you a lot of money, <laughs> but we cannot give you 35 percent of our salary cap." Right. What happens? That's the thing is, look, one, it's his it's his agent's job to say that's absurd. We're going somewhere else. Right. Because that's how you negotiate. And I think it could get ugly with reports of how those negotiations go if it gets to that point. Um, But at a certain point, man, like the jazz would be justified in that. Rudy would be justified in looking elsewhere to see if he can get that max money, you know. Uh, obviously, he can't get the same supermax with another team that he gets with the with the Jazz. Um, but there, like, that becomes a very tough situation of how important is winning to you. Now he can go somewhere else and win for sure, right? Like there are plenty of winning organizations and plenty of organizations that would want him. Um, so maybe, so I don't even know if it's a if it becomes a point of winning of like, does he want to win or does he want the money? He can actually get both. Uh, but if the Jazz aren't willing to give him that distinction as a supermax player. I don't know how he handles that. I don't know how he. Well, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I'm not sure where he can play, where he he has as much value to another team as he does to the Jazz. Now, the one team off the top of my head is probably the Dallas Mavericks, right? Like I would say either the Mavericks or like he seems like a player that the Spurs could throw in there at max money and like build a system around him. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, let's just say the Spurs end up being in position to give him max money and bring him in, in 2021. I don't need, I haven't even looked at the cap situation, but let's just say that's the case. And Dallas has the, the flexibility to do the same. 
those are those are two winning organizations. I know they're not winning as much as the Jazz right now, and, and over the last couple of years as the Jazz, but those are two organizations we trust, you know, pretty decently. Right. Um, and it just takes one, right? It just takes one other team that can offer him a winning situation and max money for him to if then you're, say, All right. if you're Rudy, if you're Rudy Gobert and the Jazz do not give you the Supermax, given everything that's going down, are you coming back in unrestricted free agency in 2021? Um, am I re-signing him in 2021? Yeah. Or are you looking elsewhere? I'm I, Well, I'm definitely looking elsewhere, and I'm seeing – because that's just – look, I don't even think that makes him a bad dude or a, an unloyal guy or anything, right? Like, I think that's just good business on his part. All right. Who else can I who else can I get that kind of offer from? Who else can I get max money from? That's a good situation that then puts the pressure on the Jazz to make a decision, on, uh, you know, another decision on what they're willing to give me. That's just good negotiating. So I don't even think that that's a I don't think that's a a shot at root. Like fans might not like that, but that's just man, that's the business. And he would be he and his agent would be would be stupid not to not to go look elsewhere and see what kind of pressure they can put on the situation. I agree with that. I agree with that. Now, does that Contract can, does that how end does, up? How does he bounce back from this season? Man, that's that's a tough question. That's a tough question, man. That's actually, you know what? Let's discuss that next week. Let's do a little homework. Let's take a look at the situations, and next week we should we should delve into because I think we could do a whole we could probably do a whole podcast series on that, but. Uh, I, think sure. that, I think this is a good stopping point. That's a good conversation to to cut into next week. Um, and uh, and if you want to if you want to you know join in on the conversation, uh, what's our what's our hashtag? Ta game notes game notes ta hashtag game notes ta hashtag game notes ta. You send us some tweets. You tag it with the hashtag game notes ta. We'll read your comments on the situation next week right here on Game Notes. Uh, For Tony Jones and Rob Lopez, I'm Zach Harper. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't, what's wrong with you? Go subscribe and leave a nice five-star review because Tony's that good at his job. Uh, And you know me, I like to instigate a little bit. So give four stars to Tony and give a star to me for instigating as much as I do. And that's five stars right there. And uh, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. If you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, you got to do that as well. We got a 90-day free trial going on uh, right now. And you can even get in on the – we had a Q&A yesterday with uh, new investor Matthew McConaughey. You know how it went, Tony? You know how that Q&A went? How did it go? It went, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Game Notes. Uh, keep it locked in here on The Athletic uh, whenever you can. 